you really wanna know, then come on, let's go. Take a stroll down those. What's going on, Mountaineer Nation? Welcome to another edition of the Country Roads Webcast, the official podcast of Almost Heaven Athletics. Here today, we are going to be bringing you the uh, the basketball version of this podcast. And here today to help me do that is uh, Almost Heaven at, uh, Athletic contributor, Justin Eller. Uh, Justin, how you doing, brother? Doing all right. How about you? Doing pretty good, man. Uh, doing pretty good considering how well this basketball team's doing up to this point in the season. It's a far cry of where we were last year to this point in the season. What do you think your opening thoughts are on just how this team's turned around this season and how the guys have uh, responded to all the adversity uh, from this offseason? Um, I think it's been been really great. Uh, I think me and you both expected it before the season, um, as well as a lot of other people. Um, I didn't necessarily think we would go to Cancun and win the tournament, especially after the Northern Iowa game. You know, we were going to Wichita State where they beat South Carolina by 23. So um, they definitely overcame a lot of adversity, as you said, and it's been contributed from everyone on the court. So it's not just one player, um, even though we do have multiple players that could be that guy. So um, it's good to be 7-0 and for sure. Yeah, definitely good to be seven and zero. Uh, I'm I'm with you. I didn't really expect to go down to Cancun and uh, and win that tournament, uh, especially being down in Northern Iowa by 15 with what I think uh, was three minutes left in the game. Uh, and you know our guys, you know, really just battled back in that game. And Deuce McBride really helped up, uh, you know, pave the way for that one. Uh, but like you said, you know, you got different guys stepping up at different point in the season. It seems like whenever you know, a guy may get in foul trouble or just isn't having that best of a game. Like, you know, for example, on Sunday, whenever we played Rhode Island, Oscar Sheboy got into foul trouble early. Derek Culver comes in, you know, he plays really well. And that's after uh, uh, Emmett Matthews has the first half in, that he had. So I think he scored 14 in the first half and then zero in the second half. And then vice versa, Culver had zero in the first half and, and comes out and scores uh, whatever he scored in the second half. I know it was uh, 13 plus, but. Um, you know, just going over all of the games this season, um, do you like what you see out of the Mountaineers? Do you think that they will have a deep tournament run this year maybe? Um, I know right now, you know, that a lot of the guys on the team are kind of upset that they're not ranked. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, from what I can hear from what Huggins is saying, you know, that's what all these guys are wanting right now is to be ranked. And it seems like week after week we keep putting a good or, you know, pretty good performances and, you know, we get snubbed by the polls. But still a young season, though. Uh, what do you think? Um, I like it, man. I'm I'm kind of glad. This is going to sound crazy, but I'm kind of glad we're not ranked because if you look in the past, like any time any Mountaineer team has been special, in whether it's football, basketball, it's usually when we're underdogs and everybody in West Virginia knows what we got versus, you know, outsiders not knowing um, or just not recognizing it, one of the two. Uh, one thing I will say, they do got a lot of work. Um, Still have a lot of freshmen and sophomores playing, and you still got a couple guys that probably haven't really lived up to their, to their potential yet. Uh, mainly players like Jordan McCabe, and I'm not knocking McCabe. I mean, he's done good. <clears throat> it's not like he's played bad. Um, I don't think anybody's played bad. I think everybody's played good. They've played their role, 
And I think it's a good thing that they're focused on trying to get ranked because they're just trying to get noticed. And then once they get noticed, I think that's when the team gets the confidence. And um, as far as your question, when it comes to a tournament run, most definitely that could happen. Um, we're going to get to March this year. I don't think that's I don't think that's a doubt from any fan. Um, so I think we'll make it to March. I think we got a third place finish in the Big 12 this year, possibly second. Um, that's what I'm going with because I remember two years ago, maybe last year I picked this third and you, you saw what happened. So uh, I don't want to go crazy and go any higher than that. But I think we do. I think we do have a third place, top four, top five, but I think definite top four team in the Big 12. Oh, I, I absolutely agree. Um, I, I see a lot of potential out of this team. Um, you know, I don't want to go too crazy yet, just uh, just yet either. But, um, you know, touching on what you said from, you know, some of the guys that haven't reached their potential, I kind of agree with you on Jordan McCabe. Uh, you know, Huggins, has, he keeps saying that he recruited him to, to pass the ball and he won't pass the ball. So, uh, you know, I think he's a little bit trying to do too much. But, you know, they'll fall into their own as the season goes along. Uh, you know, I think uh, Shibway has been uh, he's got to be the best true freshman that we've had in the last 20 30 years uh, in my opinion I, I think uh with with him only growing as the year goes along with some of these guys it'll only help him uh get better but i'm i'm with you i think they were picked seventh in the preseason um and i'm picking them to finish second in the conference with the way they've been playing uh, they're one of two teams left along with oklahoma state that are undefeated in the conference um and I, in the beginning of the season, I watched the exhibition game, and I remember uh, just thinking, you know, if this team could rotate on defense, they'd be almost unstoppable. And they pretty much have been once they've learned how to, to play better defense. And Gabe um, Osaboyan has came in and been a great defender on the perimeter. Uh, I think he's only added to um, the the defensive skill that these guys have. I mean, really, these guys are offensive-minded, but their defense really isn't that bad either. Uh, Jay Jacobs t- uh, talked about it on uh, WVU's uh, broadcast the other day. How um, you know you show signs of press Virginia, but only from half court on. So um, you know I, I think these guys do a really good job uh, at both sides of the ball. Um, but uh, moving forward, we're going on uh, going on to this Sunday. Uh, we play the St. John's Red Storm. Uh, they are five and two, uh, but right now it uh, it's. It stands where we are underdogs in this game. Um, I really, um, in my mind, don't see us as underdogs. But uh, you know, I guess until you win some games, you're going to be you know faced with the that kind of I guess adversity. Uh, what do you think going into this game, and what do you look forward to to seeing as the as the Mountaineers make the trip to New York? I think it's a statement game for West Virginia. I think we go to New York, and I think we play our best game of the season. Uh, the reason why is I remember listening to the post-game report. I believe it was after we defeated Wichita State. Um, anyway, Huggins had said, yeah, it was after that. Huggins had mentioned in the post-game that the team couldn't wait to play Rhode Island and St. John's because they think they feel that if they win those two games, they'll be in the top 25. Um, both good teams. I think we might have looked ahead a little bit against Rhode Island, but I think with a long week to prepare, I think we'll go up to the garden and i think we'll win by double digits i think everybody's ready for the game yeah and I, it's 
And on top of that, it's the day before the polls come out, you know, um, as we've talked already, they're, you know, that's what they want. So they got a chance to play good where they didn't play good this past Sunday necessarily against Rhode Island, um, which could have hurt them getting some more votes towards the top 25. So I think this Sunday um, that'll, that'll be the day that they want to change that. Yeah. And if history proves uh, anything, the Mountaineers have played uh pretty well in, in Madison Square Garden in the past, uh, including a 2010 Big East Championship, if I remember correctly. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to this matchup. Um, you know, I, I really don't know what to expect because it went into the Rhode Island game. I thought, you know, like you said, that these guys were really kind of looking forward to that game, kind of getting revenge on the team from last year, you know, kind of how they beat us and everything. And then, uh, you know, I don't want to say they come out flat, but they came out and we just couldn't couldn't make a shot. We just could there was a cork on the rim the whole uh first five minutes of the second half. Uh and and it just seemed like it was like pulling teeth to get anything going on Sunday. But uh but I'm like you I I, I like what I'm I'm seeing out of this team in terms of growth from game by game. Uh like they they just even when things aren't going their way like on Sunday, they find a way to win. And I, I, that's one thing that I do love to, about this team is just that they just refuse to quit. And uh, so uh, I guess uh, I guess the main thing that I'm looking for out of this team is how well these, these guys will jo- uh, gel together, you know, with the different lineups that they can put in there because you get, you're, I think, starting to see different types of lineups from game by game, uh, you know, in terms of size, in terms of length that Huggins is trying to use because you see a lot of guys like Jermaine Haley. Jermaine Haley's been coming on here lately. I, I really like the play out of him. He doesn't get mentioned a lot, but he leads the team in uh, points and steals. Um, but you'll see him come, come out and then Jordan McCabe come in, and it's a completely different style of play. And then from him to Napper, it's also a really different style of play. So so I, that's what I look forward to in the, in the next few games, especially, uh, especially leading up to the Ohio State game in a few weeks. We're going to talk X Factor. Uh, in terms of X Factor, what do you have uh, for this game? Do you think uh, it's necessarily Sheboy's play down low, or do you think it's the guard play um, up top? I think any out of out of conference game that we're going to play that's against a school that might not have the size and athleticism that we have um, is a definite go-to for a player like Oscar Schwebe or Derek Culver. Um, Culver is really the reason why we beat Rhode Island, you know, had 25 points. Uh, they just could, couldn't stop him. So uh, I haven't had a chance to look at St. John's roster, but um, <clears throat> I think any game this year, man, honestly, uh, that's going to be the, the key topic. I don't think there's many teams in the country that can stop Schwebe and Culver if they're both playing good basketball on that day. So, um, I think we just beat them on the boards, beat them down low. Shooters will hit open shots, and then just the rotation we got, just bringing players in and out. And everybody that comes in usually is an offensive production, um, except for players, real players like Logan Rout or somebody like that. So um, I think that's going to be the key all, all year, just wear people out down low and just keep these guys coming in and out and keep the guard play rotating and fresh. And I think that's going to be the key to success. 
Yeah, I definitely agree. I, I'm, I like what you said about, you know, not many people in the country will be able to stick with guys like Sheboy and Culver, especially when they're, when they're on the court together. They've got to be two of the most skilled guys um, at their size in the entire country. And that's what I, I really enjoy seeing as far as the, you know, recruiting trail from Huggins. Uh, in the past few years is I think that's the one thing that has stopped us when it comes, you know, I know we've beat Kansas uh, at home, but it seems like we can't beat them anywhere else. Um, so, um, and I think a lot of that has been their big guys like Asabuki and all them, and those type of fellas. And, you know, to be able to compete with those types of guys is, is only, it only bodes well for you if you're trying to go try to win a big 12 championship. But um, I exactly, think, because uh, I mean, you get, you get big guys like that, that, most schools don't get. I mean, you watch. We've watched Mountaineer sports since we was kids. Um, so you think about it. I've never seen a big guy like Shwebe. I mean, yeah, we had Kanate, but Kanate was six foot seven, and he was mainly a defensive, uh, defensive guy. He wasn't really. Um, yeah, he's a shot I mean, blocker. Yeah, exactly. So, <clears throat> I mean, I think that's what separates teams in college basketball is having those big guys because. I've seen it time and time again, just from a Mountaineer fan standpoint, or just watching the big games, like the teams that have those big down low presence, like that's the teams that go deep in March. And we have that for the first time in quite a while. And the crazy thing about it is one's a sophomore and one's a freshman. So exactly. That's, that's what really gets me excited moving forward. Although um, I've really been, um, it's kind of been bittersweet for me all season because I, you know, I, I still stick to the saying: if if Sheboy plays like this the entire year, uh, I don't I don't see him staying past well, this this year in Morgantown, unfortunately. I, yeah, I mean, I see where you I see where you're coming from. Um, that's definitely a thought. Uh, I don't think he's playing good enough to where that'll happen. Now, I'm not saying. He's, I hope you're right. <laughs> I'm not saying. I don't he's mean that like, negative. Yeah, exactly. So. We played seven games, and I think he's had three double doubles. So, you know, that's four games. He's had four games this year where he didn't either score a lot or he didn't really get a lot of rebounds. There's a couple games he only played about 14 minutes. I think with the amount of talent that we have, and the fact that these players love like playing for the state, they they like being at WVU. They, you know, they're not. We've had guys in the past, like when I went to school, we had you know Jabari Hans, people like that. I saw six six or seven players transfer, and then the next year we go to the Sweet Sixteen. Granted, we lost to Kentucky by forty some points or whatever, but it's the same thing that's happened this year if you look back at it. So we had two freshmen that year. Daxter Miles and Javon Carter, they both played great. If you watch Miles McBride play, he's kind of Daxter Miles again, but he's better. I think now, he's a That's much, what I was going to say. He's better. But now, now we might not have got the guard, like the guard duo, but we get two Juco guys. You know, back that year, I believe, is when we get Jay Sean Page and Tariq Phillip. So we get a McNeil and Taz Sherman, same style although mcneil's you know just a pure shooter however mcneil plays very good defense we can talk about that at a later point but i mean i watched that happen and it's kind of the same thing this year and then one of those years was when we started uh, or a year or two after everyone stayed we started 15 and 0 i think that i think these guys stay for one more year you might see a transfer or two um but i think shui bay 
Culver, I'm more worried about Culver leaving than Tweebay, but um, I think everyone stays at least one more year because I think they realize um, what they could do, and I think it, I think they might hopefully stay for another year. I, I'm not too concerned about Tweebay leaving. Yeah, I, I hope you're right. Um, the only reason that I really say that is because you guys, you've seen some of these guys in the past who, like you know, like you mentioned, um, Sagabai, he left early. Uh, not Devin doing Wood, it. Yeah, and they're Devin not Williams doing anything. Early. Yeah, they're not really producing yet in the uh, in the league. You know, going pro really didn't pan out as well as I guess they would would have liked. But um, I mean, any that's, mountain that's air, really any mountain air player you can pick one if they've left. Um, you can go all the way back to uh, Joe Alexander in 2010. Yeah, actually, yeah, you got you really make a good point. You know, Devin Ebanks, uh, some of these Devin, guys, I mean, they yeah, really I mean, never panned out. They played a couple years in the league, but. But you watch the players that stayed, like a Deshaun Butler and John Flowers, uh, Wellington Smith, those type of guys, they come back and almost won uh, a championship. So, um, also, I think they love Huggins, man. I think, you know, maybe oh, you they can tell. You can I, tell. They really love where they play and who they play for. And, I mean, and that's, I, I, you know, you hear a lot of people in the fan base, I, especially in the last few games. I don't know if it's because you get down early in the game. Uh, but, you know, the naysayers in the fan base come, they chime out on social media, you know, and they tell you to get rid of the head coach and, you know, how, how hard he is on the, you know, the kids and everything like that. And he's never pleased. But, you know, you, you see it every single year. Uh, with the exception of some of these guys who transfer out, and you'll have that every now and then with the nature of the game today. Uh, but, you know, these kids love to play for, for Huggins, and they just get riled up for him. I think that they want to win for him just as much as they want to win for the state and themselves. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I think that that really shows you what kind of team we have because I honestly haven't seen a team that, you know, all of that mixture together in a team uh, since I don't want to you know compare the two teams, but since the 2010 team, you could really tell that that team loved being at West Virginia. They loved playing for Coach Huggins and playing basketball at West Virginia. And still to this day, they come back and they come to Morgantown, and you know they spend most of their off seasons there uh, when they're not doing their other jobs. Yeah, they have uh, unlimited access, from what I understand. Oh yeah, which I mean, you should if you've played there and you know you spent your time there and you you committed. And dedicated your time, uh, your you know, all of your academics and everything. I think you should have full access. Gotcha. Uh, so, but, <clears throat> um, switch the topic real quick. Uh, I actually got a question for you. Okay. Um, so I say we both we we both have an answer for this, but I'll let you go first. So the and no particular like like if this was your starting five lineup, I'm simply asking your starting five meaning five best players, not a starting five that you would have in an actual lineup for a game. Who would you go with, and um, why would you go with selection number one? Okay, um, I'm going to start off with Jermaine Haley. I would I would have Jermaine Haley starting at my point guard every single game, and that's not knocking anything that Jordan McCabe has done because, you know, I – Still don't believe Jordan McCabe has developed fully into what he can be. I think he's going to be a very, very great passer when it's all said and done. Uh, but Jermaine Haley has just played like a man in the first part of this season. He's already averaging 25 points a game, um, almost upwards of 26. Or, uh, sorry, 20, 12 points a game, 25 minutes a game. And uh, seven rebounds, 
and he's leading the team in steals with 1.5. I mean, he's got to be my first one. Um, at my two spot, I'll probably go Emmett Matthews because he's played like a dog the past couple games. Mm-hmm. Um, I would put Miles McBride there, man, but I, I, I just like Emmett Matthews. I love the way he plays. Uh, and then I'd have to go with uh, Oscar Shebway. Um, Derek Culver, and then Gabe Osaboy, and we'll probably be my, to round out my five. Not bad. I, I'll, I agree with you on one and two. I'll flip the order, though. I'll go Emmett Matthews at number one. Uh, the sole reason being because if you if you go and look at all these games, especially when that you know it gets to crunch time or another team goes on a run or we go into scoring drought, Emmett Matthews has always been the guy that hits a shot. Um, he's also shooting. Uh, I believe 48, 49% from three on the season. So that came out of nowhere. He didn't have that part to his game last year. I mean, he knocked down a couple threes, but this year, I mean, he's he's really our best shooter and probably our best drive to the basket player as well um, as far as bringing it from the three-point line and getting to the basket. So I'm going to put Emmett Matthews at one, Haley at two. Um, like you said, he's leading the team in steals, total points. So, uh, Haley's usually if he has 18, 20 points, he's missed two or three shots. Never takes a bad shot. I never really see him make a bad play. So you got to have Haley. I think you got to have those two players at the one and two. I think that's the two most important players on our team. Uh, three, I'll agree with you on Chui Bay. Four, um, four is a tough one. I'm probably going to go with Miles McBride just because he's kind of that guy off the bench that we can trust the most. And he's a freshman, so that's a good good feeling. And then at five, I'd probably round it out with uh, Derek Culver. I so. like it. I like it, man. Uh, and I, I think the one of the great things about this entire roster is, you know, there's so many talented guys. I think we're more we're deeper than we have been. Uh, you know, not only just last year because it was just a horrendous season to go through uh, in full, but I mean, in the past probably decade i think it's probably one of the deeper teams that we've had yeah for sure i mean we got legitimately have 11 players that can contribute yeah i mean if you look at the roster i think the only guy that i see on here that really doesn't you know you don't see him really a lot of spencer mack and and that's just because you know you've always got that one guy on the roster i don't want to say that you know he's just there but (laughs) you'll probably see him on on a senior night or something like that. But he is a freshman, so he's got time to develop. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's we got a deep team for sure. Um, so, I don't know. Uh, what did you want to You wanted to jump into some predictions for the. Yeah, yeah. If you want to do predictions, we can go ahead and do that. Um, you know, going to St. John's game. Um, what is. What's your prediction for the game? I, um, yeah, I'll, I'll let you go first. What's your prediction for this matchup on Sunday? Um, I think I think we put up 80 points, and I think we win big. I'm gonna call it 85 to 67. 85, 67. Okay, okay. Um, I, I, I like that. Okay. Um, I think that our big men are gonna go in there and shut it down on the inside. So I don't really look for them to score a lot of points either. I think I I, I look for them to get in the seventy range, but I look for us to score eighty five, ninety points. Uh, so I'm gonna go uh, eighty five to seventy uh, with my prediction. So we kind of guess, you know, right around the same area with that. 
moving forward, we will be uh, bringing uh, more, I guess you could say, more consistent information on the basketball version of this podcast. Uh, to this point, you know, just life has been happening for everybody on here, so it's really been hard to get any kind of contact or content up. Uh, but um, we'll be getting this podcast out, and then uh, next week we'll start doing uh, two a week. So uh, any final thoughts on, on the team so far or anything that you look forward to um, coming up before we do the next one? Yeah, I look forward to getting a win on Saturday or Sunday. I'm sorry. And then um, hopefully Monday when we do the next pod, um, we're in the top 25, so that would be a good topic to discuss. Um, if we're not, then that'll also be another good topic to discuss. So the next podcast will be interesting for sure. So um, just super excited about being 7-0. Uh, didn't think we would be 7-0. I thought we'd at least have one loss at this point of the season. But <clears throat> don't really get a chance to, sh- to you know show how good we really are after Sunday. Um, got a couple – Easy matchups the yeah, next three games. For a couple games, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we play a team I've never heard of after St. John's and then <laughs> Nichols College and Youngstown State. So um, all three of those teams have three or four losses. However, at the end of the month, December 29th, I'll probably um, make sure I'm off for work on this day because I'm looking forward to it. We go on the road and play number six, Ohio State. So – Imagine that. We actually, scene. we play. We actually play them at home. Is it at home? Or it's a neutral site game. It's neutral a, site game. Yep. It yeah, is. yeah. Neutral site game. Yeah. Um, Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. Where is that? It's not, well, essentially a home game for for Ohio State. I guess you could say it's in it's in Cleveland. Got you. Got not you. really sure why they bumped it over <laughs> from Columbus, but even more interesting. Um, imagine you know. Going into that game, we definitely should win those three games against uh, lower end D1 or even D2 schools. Um, so that would put us at 12 and 0 on a neutral site game to end the to end 2019 against an Ohio State team who is currently 7 and 0, sixth in the country. Um, before we close out their next couple games. Um, they have a tough one Saturday against Penn State, who is six and one. Then they go and play Minnesota, who's got a losing record, and then they play Southern Southeastern Missouri State, losing record. Um, then they got a back-to-back game against Kentucky, but then they play us. So imagine if Ohio State wins those games and also beats Kentucky, um, who's eighth in the country, and you got an undefeated matchup, and we could somehow win that game uh, that would yeah. be uh that would be that would be ideal so let's hope that for that. be a good early season uh big big matchup if you could say well, they actually play uh Ohio state plays north carolina wednesday before penn state so oh, so they've got a lot of opportunities to lose before they play us yeah yeah so but yeah. however if they win um could be a number one the number one team in the country that, yeah, very true. Which, uh, if <laughs> if the season's going to keep going the way it's going, that wouldn't be a place where I'd want to be uh, with Kentucky and Duke losing so far. You know, that's I don't know, kind of crazy how it's all working out. But 
like yeah, you said, it's, it's it's crazy how all these teams lose games and we're undefeated and don't get ranked. Uh, and it, <laughs> you know, yeah, I, I, Nuggets, I, I don't uh, want to say that it's it's favoritism, but you know, it definitely they definitely do. You know, slightest. You can you can tell they do slightest whenever it comes to the rankings, especially earlier in the season. Um, I, I think that uh, th- they wait until West Virginia is probably like twelve and zero or fifteen and zero before they start giving them any kind of recognition for anything they've done. But uh, you know, move, going into the, these next couple of games, you know, you've got these next. I wouldn't. St. John's isn't going to be an easy team to beat. We're going to have a really, you know, a good matchup with them on on Saturday. But then after that, like you said, you you play Austin Pay, Nichols, and Youngstown State, and that's, I think, a really good. Um, to have those type of games going into the Ohio State because then you get no. to play Ohio State, who's a good ta- good team, and then you turn around and you know you open up conference play on the road in, in Fall Gallon Fieldhouse, which we all know how hard it is to play out there. So, yeah, is, uh, that, but, a, is that neutral court game? Is that a um, is that a tournament uh, against Ohio State? Uh, not that I'm aware of. No. No, I think the only tournaments we've played, we're going to play, are the uh, the Cancun Challenge. Gotcha. And then, yeah, that's it. That's it for the. I know uh, how they do challenge the, the yeah. tournaments anyway. Gotcha. Yeah, not really sure why they're playing that at a neutral site game. Uh, I, I don't know. That's uh, West Virginia sometimes does that with the Charleston Civic Center. You know, they play different uh, different types of games over there, but you know, not really teams that are that I don't know it's a pretty high ranked team to play the neutral site game maybe they just do it different up there <laughs> it's probably kind of in the middle from Morgantown and Ohio State's campus yeah in Columbus all righty man well if that's all you got uh, I think I'm going to uh, close it down for this episode I think uh, we've pretty much covered everything up to this point in the season um, hopefully the Mountaineers can keep the ball rolling this Saturday against the St. John's Red Storm. Uh, but I want to thank everybody for staying with the podcast this long and uh, being patient with us. Uh, and uh, you can check us out on any of the platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anything uh, that you can look up a podcast on, we're on there. So just give us a shout and uh, like and listen. And uh, as always, let's go Mountaineers. Party! Party